Welcome to our Meet the Parents podcast, the show where we share stories from everyday life to help with the ups and downs of parenting. We'll have honest conversations as together we'll grow everyday faith in our homes. Be sure to follow us on your favourite podcast provider or check out the video version on YouTube. All show notes and podcast episodes can be found at livingrock.church forward slash meet the parents. I'm Lisa, married to Alex, and we've got three amazing children who are aged between 20 and 15. And uh, we know we're no experts at parenting, but we're here to have honest conversations with people and share our stories, our successes, our journey as parents as we grow homes that honour God and serve Him in our homes. And today we're going to look at a really important topic to many of us as parents. <laughs> we're going to look at sleep and probably think about how we can establish some good sleep habits with us and our children because we all know that a good night's sleep makes a huge difference in our homes for both us as parents and for our children and I'm really delighted to welcome Jenny here today so Mm -hmm. thanks for joining us Jenny. Welcome. Great to have you. Can you tell us a bit about your family Jenny and your children and a parenting superpower? While you're yes. At it, yeah. I'll give it a go. So, uh, yeah, I've got two children. Uh, I've got a boy who's six and a girl who's four. Um, I've been married for nearly nine years and living in Leicestershire for five and in London beforehand. You'll probably see as we chat that I've kind of had a variety of kind of jobs and pieces of my life that have kind of all culminated to this point. But um, the biggest thread of that is that I love working with particularly early years children, um, families. I used to be a teacher, nanny and sleep consultant so I've got that hat on today wonderful yeah oh my superpower so my superpower superpower would be it might be slightly random but the ability to um really appreciate every moment Mm. I feel like as people we are often excited and looking forward to the next thing and so often even if it's just um looking back and appreciating a stage but also just that precious moment you might have just had an experience with your child often we don't really realize how precious it is and unless you've got hindsight and so to be able to appreciate fully in that moment is probably what a very good superpower (laughs) I love that just capturing your moments yeah really really key as parents it's so easy to pass things by and miss something and not notice in that key time so that's cool and do you have a funny or embarrassing story to tell us because we like to keep it real here uh, (laughs) be really honest about what family life looks like in our homes so can you share anything with us um yeah so probably more funny and I I felt like I was obviously there's many stories but I thought I'd (laughs) focus on a sleep related one but um when my son was probably about two we were transitioning him from a cot to a bed um very exciting or big transition and I would say this is before I qualified as a sleep consultant but um, we kind of were having a go with it the first couple of nights it was a lot of back and forth out of bed into bed out of bed lots of sitting by the door holding hands that kind of thing and then Mm -hmm. um, I think it was the third or fourth night we you know checked on him he was absolutely fine in bed and then um, it was always quiet and we thought yes we've done it we're patting ourselves on the back enjoying our evening and then um, we go up to bed and the lights off and and go up the stairs and kind of see this little bundle on the stairs oh, and uh, as we go up we realize it's my son and he is fast asleep on the top of the landing and yeah we might not have nailed that moment but well, uh, he slept. <laughs> yeah he, he slept. slept and that was we key. managed to like pick him up and pop him in his bed and, and oh. all was fine so it's oh, a parenting win I say yeah. if they've actually got to sleep and yeah. that's, that's a win <laughs> wherever it was <laughs> I love we that. enjoyed our evening so that was fine. great <laughs> And you mentioned earlier that you were one of your roles is that you've been a sleep consultant yeah. and you're currently working in that role. Could yeah. you um, tell us a bit more about 
that role and, and why you went into that area of parenting specifically, why yeah. you felt that was something you wanted to Yeah, into. so I think f- sleep is is so important it's such a key topic that comes up time and time again as a parent and not even if you aren't a parent it's a big factor in everyone's lives and um, I had worked as a primary school teacher and as a nanny and when I had my son um, we were also moving at the time and I knew I didn't want to go back to primary teaching so I just ended up running um, hosting postnatal courses for new parents and part of that was about connecting parents together but also connecting them with expertise Mm -hmm. and so we would have sleep consultants come and join our group and share their expertise and it was fascinating every time I got Mm. something new from them and um, was just amazed by all the the key developments that happen in particularly in those early years and even within those first six months and um, then having my own children and having experience of working with other families um, I just found it just fascinating how one thing can work for one child and then it doesn't for the yeah. other and I wanted to understand more about that and as you can imagine over COVID we couldn't host the courses in the same way so I just thought actually while I've got this time why not kind of retrain into something else that I've already got a bit of experience in handling um, so yeah that's why I went into it and I think I love it because it's a topic that always comes up mums always and yeah. dads <laughs> everyone wants to talk about it and I think it's something that actually with a little bit of knowledge and also just a little bit of a listening ear um you can change quite a lot in quite a small amount of time and there's nothing better than kind of giving somebody the gift of sleep it can change the world for people can't it (laughs) for both parents and the children yeah yeah. definitely that's really cool I love that so in in that role what would you say have been like the most common if there are common um, challenges that people face, you know, that they're addressing at home. Yeah, I think the first things to think about is that, and often when I've been working with families, is that they feel like they're the only one that's ever had this challenge. And I think I would say that, often unless you have a very niche specific set of criteria that often there are themes that carry over lots of different circumstances and lots of different families and um so often it's a lot of reassurance and encouragement that um they're not the only one that this is something that we can address as and when they want to i think specifically you know lots of families face um, tr- like trickiness with naps and yeah. so moving from like three naps to two naps or two naps to one nap and mm. that managing that transition can often lead to overtiredness which then can lead to other issues and also lots of families can be facing wakeful nights kind of their the child sleeps kind of two three hours and then just wakes up repeatedly hour yeah. on hour and they just are at a bit of a loss and just so exhausted to kind of find out what's what that is and then I think often people have come for me for help in terms of just looking, they're facing a transition that's coming up. So maybe, um, you know, it is a kind of from cot to bed or maybe there's a sibling arriving or there's some change that's happening where what has worked in the past no longer works. And, um, and it's often at that point where they've kind of been potentially in survival mode or they faced a brand new situation that they're really just not sure how to handle. And actually it's in those moments that what has worked before doesn't work and it has to be kind of re-looked at and maybe that's returning to work or or something other shift within the household um and then often it's about kind of those those 
breaking points effectively of like maybe the lack of sleep is now affecting their relationships, affecting their own well-being and health and how they look at things. We know that sleep has, um, a de- you know, lack of sleep has a detrimental effect on all aspects of health yeah. and well-being. And um, it's not a surprise that you're short-tempered or you're struggling to, <laughs> you know, kind of balance the, the demands of life if you're not having sleep and um, often families get to that point where they think actually there's nothing fundamentally wrong with our relationship but actually we're just really struggling with sleep and if we can fix this kind of issue um and as well a part of that is kind of the expectation versus reality that actually what they thought would happen isn't happening and that loss of control can um really drive people to ask you know those big questions of what's happening no that's really cool i know um when i was younger I shared a room with my sister and uh, it's interesting isn't it how some of the children are different how what worked yeah. with one child doesn't always work with yeah, the other definitely. and you know everyone's <laughs> wired differently and I remember oh it's just so we're quite similar in age and we would share this room and my sister can't couldn't get to sleep yeah and I was I need sleep <laughs> I need a lot I still do need a lot of sleep and yeah. uh, I would go off to sleep really kind of peacefully and yeah. more gently and she would lay there bless her for Aww. ages and so rather than letting me sleep, she would then get to this point of frustration. And yeah. she would be like, Mom, come and get me, I can't sleep. And she wouldn't get up. She would just yeah. yell, yeah. wake the whole house up. And uh, yeah. I remember we used to play like these games. We used to like name who was in each other's oh, class to sort of think yeah. of ways to get to sleep. We'd hold hands. It was oh. so cute. And uh, I was just like, anything to get her yeah. to sleep. And I remember just the, the struggle she had yeah. as somebody who naturally just found settling herself to yeah. sleep was so difficult. Yeah. Yeah, my parents did exactly the same with yeah. both of us. And you think, you yeah. know, it's just finding strategies that work with each of your children, yeah. I guess, isn't it? And having expectations that this one will be okay. Yeah. Although inevitably she'd wake me up and I then couldn't yeah. get back to sleep and she'd have nodded <laughs> enough as we <laughs> so you can expect. Like, Thank yeah, you. I appreciate that. So uh, that was quite an interesting yeah. uh, growing up stage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, just one thing that can help, um, can't it, is um, having good sleep habits. And mm. have you got any suggestions on how we can establish those good good sleep habits in uh, for our children obviously bearing in mind that some will cope with some differently to others but what kind of habits could we establish to help with that and I think there's a degree of sensitivity around sleep like you're mentioning because some children you can do something totally different each night and you could they could fall asleep on the sofa and then you carry them upstairs and they have no qualms they're not worried that it doesn't bother them but yeah you might have some children and that and like maybe later on developing this kind of sensitivity to Mm -hmm. sleep and um and then it's those children that you want to kind of support and and add in these extra kind of healthy sleep habits for everyone um and I think where I'd first start is kind of if it's not a problem for you it's not a problem for anyone else and you have to decide what works for your household and your setting and even if you've got other voices other advice coming in your ear as long as you're following safe sleep sleep guidelines which I'd always refer to lullaby trust for those that you're doing what's um kind of well and good for your children um that if it's if what your strategy is working then go for it it's Mm -hmm. not it's not like I have to do this or I should do this because maybe other people are doing it a different way and they're Mm -hmm. getting different results Mm -hmm. and it may not work for your child so um start from that position of this is something I might want to change, but this I don't want to because yeah. I'm happy with how it's working. Um, I would 
also kind of take into consideration the whole picture. So siblings, work-life balance, um, how much support you have around you um, to make sure that your sleep habits are the best that they can be. Um, And listen to your kind of gut reaction and listen to your child, whatever Mm. age and stage they are. um, They'll have more say or more control or you'll be able to know what that means for that child. But um, it's really important that you feel any even like what I'm saying today that you filter any advice or um, suggestions through a lens of you know your child best mm-hmm. and you know what will work and what won't and it doesn't mean you're stubborn to trying other things but it means that um, you should take into consideration your child and what yeah. would fit well with you and your general approach to parenting and how you would go about making decisions and yeah. things like that. Um, I think it's also really important that it's there are good habits set in place for you as well mm-hmm. that it's not just about your child actually yeah. you can make some adjustments with your child and they can sleep beautifully and then you're still sitting <laughs> wide awake yeah. and not knowing how to settle yourself down to so, sleep and actually there can be big changes in your life that you've maybe not processed and has effect on your sleep so make sure that you're including you in any kind of um, check of what what's going on in your household yeah um how can we do that as a parent you know yeah what kind of strategies would you say for us because that is so true isn't it yeah and I think you can focus on um really being more conscious about kind of how are you winding down Mm. how are you spending time and maybe you are um you know a family that you are rushing around and then it's suddenly like oh okay you filled your whole evening and then it's and actually it's thinking about your own personality how do you wind down um are you having too much kind of too many screens or blue white kind of um light that's affecting how your hormones are kind of coming into play Mm. and what ways help you wind down and you um, kind of reset for the evening and maybe if you are full of thoughts and anxieties or worries or concerns it's thinking about how can you kind of download them how can you move them away from your head so that you are free of those things and can be more conscious and explicit about going to sleep. I'm like that I'm quite a busy headed person (laughs) yeah (laughs) and I I know I have to have a like a routine for myself yeah and it's for the benefit of everybody yeah if you have a sleep as a parent isn't it yeah Um, so I find I write down everything because I just can't I try yeah. and hold it in my head and yeah. my poor husband at bedtime it's like he's <laughs> <laughs> like, like why are we emptying your head at this time and I was like because I can't sleep until I've told you yeah. everything I need to tell you yeah so I, I'm learning to write yeah. things down um and I just I found as well sometimes if I wake in the night I yeah can, you can get quite anxious can't you like oh I'm yeah. awake and I should be asleep yeah but I found my, for myself I reset myself yeah. so I actually get up and consciously yeah. get myself a hot chocolate I make yeah. it a nice time yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think well I'm here on my own <laughs> yeah, well. a rare moment yeah. <laughs> so I'll just sit down and I sometimes I get a hot chocolate and yeah. I, actually for me I put some worship music yeah. on or I'll yeah. just reset my mind and yeah. things of God rather than worrying yeah um write down everything yeah and usually by the time I've done all that I'm in a much better peaceful state yeah. to sleep well and yeah. I think sometimes it's permission to just yeah. do that and it's okay and it's yeah. not a problem it's yeah. not a negative yeah Make it yeah, because you can get into those like cycles yeah. where you just get stuck and you overthink yeah. everything and actually um, works for children and for adults, but like a bit of a reset kind of yeah. helps you just kind of 
focus and 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 as and um kind of as adults we have our own sleep associations you know you often think with children oh they need a dummy and then a blanket and whatever but actually you know I know for me like if we don't check the front door or if we don't kind of check all the children or turn the light off or I sleep on this side and you know that kind of thing like we actually are creatures of habit like that and there might have been something that's come into play that has affected what you've always relied upon as a sleep association for an adult Mm. and actually it's okay to rethink those and think actually I'm going to create my own little pattern and isn't it great that you know as Christians we can lean on God and give those kind of worries and concerns to him he is you know the great holder of those things and so um you know taking that time to kind of pause and and reset is really important adults as well tell us more about how your faith plays a role in in how you deal with sleep because you know we have a heavenly father don't we he was there to help us so how can we use our faith to to help in a very practical situation yeah. here you know if you're having trouble with sleeping or yeah or you're actually doing really well yeah <laughs> how, can, how can we um, very bring faith into yeah. that you know that yeah and I think in the end if you've got faith and you've got a relationship with Jesus it affects every aspect of your life yeah. it affects your parenting your relationships it affects your choices you make and it means that for us as a household we'll see God in our bedtime routine yeah, you know you'll see brilliant. us um, being thankful and we're not just kind of generically thankful but we're thankful to a person yeah. and um, we include kind of moments of prayer and discussion and chatting about our day and and that ultimately it's not my job to fix anything or fix any worries or concerns but to point my children to someone who is much greater in that and um you know we might have you know times to read the bible together or it can just be a small like gesture I know there's passages in particularly in Psalms 4 where it talks about lying down and sleeping and being safe in sleep because God is with us and um, that's been a real personal comfort to me in times of anxiety or um, fear and I when I see it in my child when they're kind of scared of the dark and things like that and you know those are real fears for them that actually we're able to offer something more than just ourselves in those moments yeah that's really cool I'm going to do a little book Yes, yeah. I've got this really great book called Comfort in the Darkness by Rachel Turner. Um, It's really interesting perspective and it's something I've not really thought about myself, but um, for children who might struggle with sleeping, just reclaiming the nighttime as something Mm. God made. um, I found really helpful as a a phrase to think about that God made night and he made dark, but it's not something we have to be scared of. So a little book plug there. She looks at some... um, stories about how uh, well children and adults experience yeah. God in the yeah. night time so yeah. that it, we can reclaim it as somewhere yeah. that's positive yeah. so just a little nudge there there'll be links in the notes yeah. for that and that's the thing isn't it is recognizing that God has made us yeah. we have a creator we're made in this way and we all are made for our, this circadian rhythm which yes. is just uh, almost like a supernatural rhythm and are these hormones come into play and and those are been particularly crafted in us and there's a reality that if you're made then you're made uniquely and that what works for one child doesn't work for another because we're made uniquely and Mm -hmm. and we can lean on God and ask him for understanding and clarity around what would work and what would help yeah um that's yeah. really good points. So what does a bedtime routine look like in your yeah. home? And obviously, we're not expecting it. No, <laughs> it's yeah, just one yeah. of your, you yeah. know, just share your experience. Yeah. You know, what does it look like for you then? Yeah, How so for me with practice? my children, kind of six and four, um, we're now at a stage where we 
our bedtime routine doesn't need to be exactly the same yeah. every night, which is quite nice because it means we don't have to do a bath every Yay. single night. <laughs> what a release. We could just skip that part. Um, but yeah, there's a reality that um, we do the same elements, but it's maybe not as specific. And as obviously the older they get, they have more choice, more independence. And I think that was really important to factor that in, that they have more control over their bedroom environment and what that looks like. And so for us, it means that we all head upstairs um, together and that we have um, kind of connection time together. So um, I also work for a company which we focus on kind of early years and playing and talking together as at home and it's super like essentials particularly in the early years but that children will struggle if they don't feel safe and secure and loved they will struggle to be safe and relax and you know we're all the same so I think we try to factor in this kind of connection time so it could be just a game of hide and seek it could be a puzzle it could be building something it could be separate or we might be all together um often we're upstairs so the office is there so we might play libraries or you know it's those kind of it could be five ten minutes of just like a short burst of kind of connection time and a time for the children to kind of download what might have happened today and we haven't maybe managed to speak about it and then we'll do our like toilet jobs which <laughs> as you Tell can imagine to- what's yeah. a toilet job <laughs> explain toilet jobs <laughs> so teeth- toothbrush yeah. uh, obviously go to the toilet pajamas things like that so the things that kind of have to get done in sure. order for us to be prepared to go to sleep so there's always like a bit of a time warning around when that's going to happen <laughs> and then there's an expectation that they can do that um, independently And then out of that, then we kind of either divide and conquer and uh, (laughs) two children, two adults. But if we're together, then we do kind of stories and prayer time together. And um, then we do a song and things like that. And now my um, son's a bit older. He doesn't go, they used to go to bed at exactly the same time, which was quite appealing. (laughs) I remember those days. (laughs) Yeah. But now he's a bit older and he goes to school and there's a bit more kind of playing on his mind potentially. So Mm. he has something called 10 minutes, which is, around 10 minutes but it could be less or longer depending on what's um what his kind of attitude is for that day and that's time where he independently plays and he might have more kind of one-on-one time or it's something that we'll be doing jobs and then he's got this extra time he might sit and read or look at football cards or whatever it is yeah. so it's just a bit of an extra unwinding Quiet down time yeah yeah it's really important to remember that the children have even at a young yeah. age that they've got a lot to process haven't yeah. they yeah yeah and just getting that all settled in your head is really yeah. important, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so some people, obviously, you've just described a lovely routine there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, for some people, they'll be thinking, oh, well, that would be lovely yeah. if my child did all that. Yeah. But um, if your family whose child is struggling at the minute, what what kind of things could you <clears throat> excuse me, start to think about um, in how to address that as a challenge? You know, where yeah. do you begin? My child's not sleeping. Yeah. Just give me some help, please. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, where would you say to start? So perhaps? I think you need to start with that conviction that kind of something is not right. And maybe it's something that's been ongoing forever and ever and ever. But finally, mm-hmm. you've got to a point where actually it's just not sustainable yeah. for whatever reasons that we probably might mention before. But um, and I would start with a goal in mind. So it's always really helpful to know where you're aiming, what's your desired kind of thing. And it might be the ultimate goal of you put them in their bed, you close the door, that's it. Or it might be a little bit step 
below that from where you wherever you're starting and so I would think right what is the one element that you would like to change what is the part that you that's no longer sustainable in your family and try and break it down into something that's more achievable and then from that goal then having kind of steps along the way to achieve it um, I would often start with what does bedtime look like so around that routine that unwinding um, are they getting that kind of time with you are they going to bed at the right time Mm. what's happening in that kind of you know half an hour hour time so start there but and then also think about how they've fallen asleep so if they've fallen asleep relying on some kind of sleep association or you but that and that's the thing you want to change then um you need to think about what are the steps to allowing them to independently settle Mm -hmm. and uh, go from there we're quite primitive when it comes to sleep and from about six months to a hundred we're quite similar in our sleep cycle so you'll find that the child will go to bed at you know whatever time between six and eight or however the old they are and they will probably sleep their kind of deepest sleep so you might have really supported and helped them and really given lots of comfort to get them to sleep they've finally gone to sleep and then you might find that they sleep for two to three hours, three to four hours, depending on how old they are. And that is because, and adults are the same, that is our our best chance at our deepest level of sleep. And that is the sleep where your cells are renewing, your brain is downloading from the day, any new developments are all being kind of sorted out at that time. And, you know, as a parent, if you go from having two hours of sleep to four hours, yeah. it's like, oh my gosh, I can take amazing. on the day. This is amazing. <laughs> yeah. I've had so much sleep is because you've been able to reach that depth of sleep and then what happens after that is that you basically come to an unconscious wake and children and adults are the same and it's just like a a check-in with what's happening around you and like we said before some children are really sensitive to this some children doesn't phase them some adults doesn't phase them either but you might remember as an adult was sometimes where you've come to that point in the night and actually your body's kind of woken you up because the light's on in the landing or there's a noise outside that you wouldn't expect or your partner's suddenly not there and there's this difference and it will cause you to wake up and so if you imagine that as a child if they've fallen asleep in your arms and then they're Mm. laid into their cot (laughs) and and or you've kind of sat beside them you're no longer there. Maybe the door was open and the landing light was on when they fell asleep. But yeah. now that's not the case because everyone's in bed, all the lights are off, um, the noise is different. Maybe they could hear the TV before, but now they can't. So all these changes mean that um, for children who find it more sensitive, they will their body will kick them out of that unconscious wake into a full wake because they're like something's happened you know something is different Mm -hmm. and you've got to figure out what it is and this fight or flight kind of cortisol hormone can then come Mm -hmm. into play and so what happens then is through the night is that then if everything is okay or they are able to self-settle even if they have woken up then they will go back down into another depth of sleep for a shorter time so about two hours and then from that point then they will cycle within their normal cycle which is about 45 minutes to an hour for any kind of one-year-old plus so that's why you might see that they you might have a child who has a really great sleep at the beginning but then typically culturally as you go to bed they are coming out of that (laughs) depth of sleep so if you're in survival mode go to bed when they are going to sleep so you can catch that time but then from out of that they will just 
this cycle. And if they really struggle to self-settle, they're going to need your comfort at every single point of that time. So really digging into how they're falling asleep um, can help alleviate the pressure through the night if they're able to then self-settle mm. and do things like that. So yeah, have this goal in mind, think about steps towards it and think about what's achievable and don't yeah. rush, you know, yeah. go with the the amount of capacity that you've got. If you're if you really can't do big changes, just think of the tiniest step. And I mm. can example this by if you're if you've got um okay, say a four year old and you are sitting beside them and they won't fall asleep unless you're holding their hand. So what's happened is maybe for, for again for, for some families absolutely fine no problem I'm happy to sit with them until they fall asleep it doesn't seem to be an issue during the night but maybe it has become an issue in the night or you've um, something's changed in your life balance that you can't maybe you've got a new baby or you can't sit with them for that length of time now so my recommendation would be think right the goal is I can hold her hand and sit here for five minutes that's my goal (laughs) but then I need to be able to get back to whatever's going on and and so you want to start with holding their their hand sitting beside them and then after that five minutes you put your hand just on the bed or you put them on your lap but you're still present and then at that point they might kind of kick kick a a fuss then you put your hand back you calm them you provide them the comfort but then you go back to what you were doing and basically after it only can take two or three nights of a new adjustment for it to kind of be embedded in and then actually that that daughter's like very happy for you to just sit beside but I don't need the like holding hand and then you can imagine the steps kind of going out of that so then the next night when they're comfortable you sit hold their hand for five minutes then you move to the end of their bed and then once they're happy with that then you can move further and further and it will work with a kind of any variety of things but you've got to also think about how the bedroom is is it the right lighting is there noise going on is, are there little lights in their room that they're bothering them so doing a bit of an, a bedroom order as well as a refresh of mm-hmm. maybe their bedroom re- bedtime routine can kind of help with that and obviously if there's any overtiredness that's leaking through yes. that will have an impact but again um going to bed earlier mm-hmm. going like moving everything like 15 minutes earlier can sometimes have a really big effect I feel like my mum was like go to bed early and everything will be fine in the yeah. morning and it, it there is some fundamental is in there, isn't there? right to that yeah so, um, and quiet having yeah. a, a quieter time before you yeah. go to bed is key isn't yeah. it that you're not just busy busy and then yeah. we're in bed <laughs> yeah exactly um, and I think these days there's so many like you said earlier there's lots of temptations for other activities to be busying in your head isn't there and there, yeah. I think just finding ways to quiet in the time I, I know for us as yeah. adults I like to dim the lights and start yeah. telling my mind I'm going to bed yeah <laughs> or having a bath or doing something yeah. very gentle and I think um some really good points there yeah Jenny, really good yeah and because and also really finding out it is helpful to know what the average is after your yeah. your stage and yeah. and I would definitely take them with a pinch of salt it won't apply their averages you yeah. always get children on either side but actually finding out how long can my child stay awake for between naps if you're in that phase mm-hmm. and actually sometimes it can be shockingly small amount of time and actually sometimes what happens is if you miss that window or if you you're, if you've kind of not noticed the signs and you've kind of not captured that opportunity, then 
our cortisol hormone will kick in and it'll be like, right, there's something wrong here. Yeah. Like I haven't been able to fall asleep and your body goes into this fight or flight response. I've got to stay awake mm-hmm. because there's something wrong. There's something happening and it's not letting me fall asleep. And actually then when you get to those points, you actually then having to provide so much more comfort mm-hmm. to kind of get back to to where you are so finding out what those averages are can be helpful really understanding what are those signals that they're they're tired so that goes from babies but to teenagers like what are the the changes in behavior what are the the things that you can point to that that help you recognize right I'm the parent in the room here I'm recognizing that you're really tired and actually what can I do now to make sure that you know you've we've got you know a 20 minute window potentially to get them to sleep so mm. how can you kind of do okay. that and looking at those those things as well and also just asking asking for help yeah. you know like <laughs> always, yeah it's quite a brave thing as yeah. a parent sometimes isn't it but it's yeah. so true to admit that maybe what you hoped would happen isn't happening is on any topic yeah. is really difficult and I think with sleep it can be that thing where you're you know you meeting up with a friend and they're like yeah my child's absolutely fine <laughs> they're sleeping until 8 yeah. 30 and and maybe that is the case but maybe it actually isn't the case but they feel like they have to have this kind of front up and yeah. it's really important to remember you know there's a community around you for that very purpose and if you're struggling to build that community then try and kind of make steps to do that and to be honest with people and find those friends who are maybe in the next stage ahead yeah, yeah. to remind you that <laughs> it is a stage <laughs> and that actually someone um who's not too far removed but is kind of the next stage from you can sometimes offer some really helpful yeah. advice I think it's also important to recognise that there's different seasons, aren't there? Yeah. As your children grow, yeah. they change. I will speak as a parent of adult yeah. children and teenagers <laughs> and sleep is a, di- a whole different issue when they get yeah. to that stage because sometimes it's actually waking them up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I've got three children. Yeah. All of them have very different sleep patterns. Yeah. One of them needs regular routine to get to sleep yeah. and likes to go to bed early, tells us off if we're too noisy. <laughs> I have another child who likes to be noisy yeah. and will stay awake honestly till about two in the morning quite happily but then needs a lot of sleep in the morning but I think it's knowing your own rhythm isn't it and knowing what works for you yeah but equally finding patterns that fit with what needs to work for life but so I think just knowing that as your children go grow up yeah they naturally will hit yeah. different growth spurts, won't they? And yeah. different hormone stages. And, yeah. and <laughs> so I think like, it's one of those things, about? isn't it? I, I think with new parents, it's probably my biggest challenge has been over the years, but it's something that I'm always like, if you're not very good at change, you might need to, to figure that out because yes. you kind of, you all, in every element of parenting, you get to these points and you think, yes, I've got yeah. it. Like, <laughs> this is great. If it continues yeah. like this forever, we've got it. And actually the reality is, unfortunately, that's not the case. And it's, and you have to change your mindset to, oh no, I can't believe it's changed to, um, it's a progression, it's yeah. a development, it's something that is good for that child to face. And obviously there can be situations that aren't positive in that environment sure. and maybe change of home environment or change of school or mm. bullying or any kind mm. of anxiety. But um, trying to remember and hold that it is a stage and that... Um, this is where the superpower would come into and also to not throw everything out to yeah. think like oh well this is not working like let's just scrap it all and start and actually 
um, to be consistent in any new approach, you would want to do it for at least three nights in a row to see if it has a difference. And what happens sometimes is that we do something for one night, we panic, it doesn't work. And then you go back to what was doing, what you were doing before. And actually you're no wise as to whether that would have actually worked. Um, and actually, so a bit of consistency, if you want to make a change, try something for three to four nights. If it's not making a difference, then go back to kind of square one and, and see if something will be different. But if you've got an incidence of teething or learning to walk yeah. or a change of school or anything yeah. like that, don't throw everything out. Just escalate your comfort, escalate the amount of support that you're providing, but then de-escalate when you're out of that stage or when you have come to the end of what's happening. And at that point, maybe you think, actually, we've created a change here that's going to be lasting. And that's really good. And that's really positive. But sometimes it's a case of going kind of extra extra support and then pulling it all yeah. back and then kind of going back and forth until kind of things change or settle yeah. and holding those kind of things in mind and physiological elements developments change of jobs all those kind yeah. of things will have a, an effect on sleep we can't look at sleep in isolation so it's okay that those things have affected it it can be frustrating and there's a reality in that but um it's yeah think about it as that stage what does my child need at the moment yeah. and it's okay you know you're not creating a rod for your own back if you're offering more support yeah. because you're in control of when you pull that back away that so, sounds really good yeah as a parent of two children doing exam season yeah talking about the other end of the scale yeah. here um the, they've got an awful lot of work and yeah. learning to rest is really difficult yeah. because they don't feel they get permission to rest yeah um so as a parent right now we mm. you know literally this week we've had children yeah. who are like yeah. it's all too yeah. much and so we've had to find different strategies for this season yeah. and yeah. I think you know I know it's got an end date yeah. we know that come June we're yeah. all going to be having a party <laughs> <laughs> we're all going to chill but yeah. for now it was just like just sitting and listening sometimes yeah. Yeah. if they need to cry it's okay to yeah. cry um, yeah. having realistic expectations yeah. and actually I found for my children just releasing time in their diary yeah. so that they can rest yeah. and that they don't feel too overwhelmed. Yeah. But equally, just bedtime being like, you need to start winding down now. Even yeah. though you feel like you've got so much to do, yeah. that you you are okay to yeah. stop. It's important yeah. and part of your revision practice yeah. to stop and relax. And, and how many like process. adults would benefit from that? Yeah. You know, I could think, you know, it's part of our job as parents to guide and, and nurture and things like that. But also how many adults struggle with establishing boundaries yeah. and also struggle with knowing how to wind down or what I like to do yeah. and actually if you can foster that from a young age and teach them the skills and they know like with any emotion like oh I know when I'm angry I need to do this yeah. to calm down and actually when I'm tired and I can't do that this is what I do and almost like a bit of a toolkit and if you're able to then suggest things that you believe match their personality and they can try it and you know that kind of back and forth I think that's those kind of sleep skills are just invaluable as an adult to be able to yeah. rely on and to say with confidence I need to do this because this will yeah. help me. Um, yeah I was chatting to one of my children we were saying even about physical exercise yeah just actually burning off physically especially yeah. if you've 
being quiet or if they're a child on the yeah. screen a lot or they just need to vent sometimes yeah. physically don't they and yeah. I think you, I know as an adult when I when I do my fitness class or something yeah. I sleep much better and I think yeah. sometimes it's just doing something completely different isn't it yeah. Um, yeah and just burning off the physical energy so your body's not trying to yeah and you can still. often see that in them like you can see this yeah. like a bubbling of like yeah. oh gosh like and then that's the moment where you take five minutes to wrestle or like yeah. you know yeah, this yeah. when you take five minutes to do a running race yeah. or you get outside on your bike or whatever it is and and for, for young children, they need about three hours of activity and activeness, uh, kind of an hour of vigorous kind of exercise yeah. where their heart is beating and they're really using their body and skills, but also another additional kind of two or three hours of activity where they're trying new skills, that they're testing yeah. what they're um, kind of from big motions to small motions. And I would also say part of that, sometimes it comes across as a physical restlessness, but it can actually be a mental restlessness and actually using kind of fine motor skills and um, doing puzzles problem solving which fits quite nicely in kind of quite quite calm quiet um, kind of evening activities but things like that will really also help their brain to be tired especially if they're kind of studying or doing something where their brain is quite busy or maybe they haven't that day actually giving them a bit of like you know here's a maze to solve or like let's do (laughs) this big puzzle together and like let's use our brains and tire them out as well as like their physical bodies that's really good and what about children who have like nightmares or night terrors because I know you often hear families chatting and that can be quite a common thing particularly under fives children I believe um so if you've got a child who will settle quite well and then wakes and cannot be calmed yeah you know what can we do in that situation it can be really Um, scary for kind of everyone involved really because you can suddenly go from this really nice pattern to them waking very upset and what I would say is there is a difference between nightmares and night terrors so night terrors tend to be um, a particular stage which can be common around kind of two three years old and they can come later as well but they are often what happens with night terrors that they happen in the depth of sleep so they often will wake up um but quite unconsciously so they'll be quite confused quite disorientated they won't really acknowledge that you're there they won't like you would expect oh they're crying I've come to them and they're like not reaching out for a cuddle or anything like that and you can see that they're not awake really that they're they're just a bit confused by the situation and often in those situations the same comfort that you would provide elsewhere doesn't really work and what I would say is if you're facing that that you need to just be with them that you need to keep them safe you need to um, offer a hand and um, just let them go through what they're going through and then often you'll see they'll be kind of really upset and they'll go from being really upset to actually just fast asleep because yeah. they've kind of come out of this um, night terror and that but they're still in this kind of depth of sleep that allows them to go back yeah. um, often they won't remember in the morning so if you ask them like do you remember when you were screaming the house down <laughs> thanks for that I <laughs> do uh, and they won't remember okay. and so often that's kind of what you'd say is a night terror and you'd hope that um they would come out of that as a stage often overtiredness can play a big impact on this so if you've got if you can identify in your schedule where they've not got their normal sleep or things like that um just bringing bedtime 15 minutes earlier each night for a week or so you might notice a difference Mm -hmm. um but that can be a real trigger um as well as just 
being a stage of development happening within them. And then nightmares, I would say, um, are probably more common and they would be more like the, the in the lighter stages of sleep. So you probably wouldn't get them within your first three, four hours of sleep. But in those lighter, kind of more dreamlike stages, they are literally going through this kind of dream that's scary, that's got some kind of level of fear to that. And you want to give them comfort, but they'll be aware of that. So they will be kind of awake or awoken by it. It might take a bit longer to get them to settle down. And then I would say do a little bit of a reset if they're really struggling. So get up, go to the loo, like, you know, have a little wonder or, you know, whatever, have a little drink of water, something to kind of break what's happening to distract them from what that situation is. Um, And then go back to kind of going back to sleep as they normally would and they would probably remember that in the morning so they do look quite different so yeah yeah. that's really important to remember isn't it and I think just from chatting to other families and Mm. from my own experience I think I'm someone who dreams a lot my husband doesn't he bless him the first (laughs) when we were first married he was like I've never dreamed in my life and now I started dreaming I was like sorry about that (laughs) so I wake up with the most wacky horrendous dreams I just go all over the place yeah um so I'm I think sometimes when you have a vivid imagination obviously that's part of the creativity yeah. isn't it in your brain yeah. processing yeah but um I think you can also reclaim those dreams can't you as yeah. Christians we we yeah. believe that God give us gives us our dreams yeah. and he tells us that we can dream with him and yeah. I know of families who said to the children well go and ask God to give you yeah. a dream and yeah. so you can kind of reclaim yeah. the dreams for yeah. him and just say well you know ask God to help you dream yeah. something he wants you yeah to, to tell you you know and I think yeah just sort of switching things that yeah. are naturally probably going to happen but yeah. making them a positive rather yeah. than a negative yeah definitely really and key, and being you know us offering support in that time is really essential but actually we can't be in their minds we can't mm. refresh their mind and mm. actually we believe that God can do that and so yeah. offering that support encouraging them to pray yeah. encouraging them to say what they've they've dreamed and kind of get it out of their head yes. so they're not kind of dwelling on it can be really helpful as well yeah, yeah that sounds really cool mm. Well, I think we've covered quite a lot there, Jenny. (laughs) I'm sure we could talk for ages and I'm sure there's plenty of other things we could talk about. But um, so thank you so much for that. Really great suggestions. What would you say would be your three key points to sort of take away from today for a parent? Yeah, so I think I'd definitely start with decide what works for you and for your family. If it's not a problem for you and if it's safe, then it's not a problem for anyone else and learn to do that lovely like mm, yes thank you very much <laughs> like nod and appreciate other people's advice and recognize that and most of the time it's coming from a really lovely caring yeah. place but um if it's not a problem for you don't get spiral oh, into good. comparison or into feeling guilty about what you're doing that kind of thing um if it if you're happy with it and it's safe then it's yeah and then it's all good um I would definitely use my second point would be kind of use bedtime as a connection point Mm -hmm. um make sure that your children feel safe secure absolutely loved and cherished and use it as a way to download thoughts to pray together to um be grateful together um to play and talk together and it doesn't have to be lengthy it can be five minutes of un, undivided undistracted time um can make a massive difference in their well-being generally but also in how they're sleeping and how they feel relaxed and comforted yeah. and thirdly I would say that sleep is always part of a puzzle it's always part of a bigger picture and it's okay to recognize that there are other factors that are f- affecting their sleep and try and mitigate as much as you can but 
also recognize that that might just be the stage that you're in um, and see it on a holistic perspective, look at their diet, look at their exercise, look at their um, kind of motivations and their screen time and their Mm. friendships and then worries and um, changes in life situations and look at it as part of the bigger bigger issue and a, a more holistic view of the child yeah I think what you said there about the connection is really key for that yeah. isn't it then you know what's going on yeah and you can sometimes solve part of the puzzle yeah, yeah. By actually having the connection and going yeah. oh I had no idea that yeah. was in your head at the time so yeah. some really great suggestions yeah, there thank definitely. you so much Jenny you're welcome thank you for your time today okay. I'm sure you guys have got loads of questions <laughs> we'd love to hear them so uh, do send us a message on um youtube you can comment below on the video or you can send it to us at meet the parents page on the living rock church website um we'd love to hear from you and if you've got any stories that have worked really well we'd yeah. always love to hear what you've tried at home and what worked for you it might be different things that we've not even talked about today so do feel free to get in touch and let us know what those are but thanks for joining us today right. and uh, really appreciate your time thank you very much You're welcome. thanks